wholesome attitudes, positive attitudes, friendly attitudes. This is how we have to change our attitudes. The Buddha once delivered a certain discourse called Dasa Dhamma Sutta, Ten Dhamma Discourse for monks. Where the Buddha said, Anyome akappo karaniyoti pabbajite na abhindham pachavekitabhan. This is specially for the monks. For the monks, the Buddha said, monks, you to keep it in your mind. When you get to ordination, you to keep it in your mind that your attitude is completely different from that of lay persons. Anyome akappo. Akappa is attitudes. Your attitudes is completely different from that of lay persons. That is what we monks have to keep it in mind. Keep in mind. Our attitudes are quite different from lay persons. Actually, it is it's the same. The lay persons' attitudes are the same from from uh, monastic. So this we have to understand. And as I said, our attitudes should be positive attitudes. That is positive thinking. You know, this is very important. Positive thinking. The Buddha taught us positive thinking. Buddhism from A to C, from, from beginning to the end, is positive thinking. Buddha cultivated this. Buddha developed this positive thinking. And Buddha taught us positive thinking. Not only this lifetime, even in his previous lifetime, he practiced, he developed, cultivated this positive thinking. Once he was a merchant, a caravan leader. He used to go from, from city to city uh, to sell his merchandise, cart loaded. Not one cart, two cart, five hundred carts loaded here with his merchandise. He was ready to go to another city one day. He was ready to go to another city. Think of five hundred carts. Five hundred carts means about more than thousand bulls, thousand cattle, more than thousand people, and all were ready. So he was ready to go to the go to depart the following morning. So when it was evening, another friend, another person, he was sort of his opponent. He came and he came up and said that he want to go the following morning to the same destination to sell his merchandise. He himself was a caravan leader. So two persons, they both got ready with the 500 carts, 500 here, 500 there, the same, from same city, they wanted to go to another city to sell their merchandise. By this time, it is sort of failure now. The Buddha, he was the, he was the aspirant Buddha, Bodhisattva then, Bodhisattva. Now, this person showed up and said that, I want to go tomorrow morning. He is ready here to go tomorrow morning. But that person came and said the same thing. So he then started positive thinking. He wanted to figure out, he wanted to sort of 
uh, rationalize, figure out the advantages of going there later. Not now, not first, but second, but later. He thought of positive way, though it is a sort of failure. As he did not want to take any quarrel with him, not any dispute him with him, so he thought that now if I go later for after few few months, what are the advantages? So he thought now if I go a little later, now this person, I, if I let him to go first, he has to build the road. On the way, there are potholes, there are, sometimes they want to build, unlike today, they want to build some bridges to cross over. And then, they want to build a road, not like today, they have to build in India. They have to build a road. Then the person who goes later, he doesn't want to, he, is, he doesn't want to make the road. Road is they have, they build the road, so he can use the road. Uh, that is the positive way, how he thought positively. And then he thought that if I go later, now as they are going first, they'll have to dig well for water. Then if I go later, then I don't want to dig wells for water. Like that he thought in sort of positive, positive way. And he, then he asked him, asked another person, the other person to go first. And he went later and he sold his uh, merchandise. So that is how the Buddha, Buddha cultivated this. Not only this lifetime, in his many previous lifetimes, he cultivated this positive thinking. So it is very important, positive thinking. So positive thinking is the Buddhist thinking. Buddhist, this term Buddhist, Etymologically, this is this comes from Buddha. It derived from the term Buddha. Buddha means intelligent, wisdom. So Buddhist, when you whenever you say Buddhist, it means intelligent, wisdom. Without wisdom, no Buddhism. So intelligent. If we are intelligent, if we are wise enough, we have to think positively. And we have to think friendly, friendly attitudes, friendly attitudes to all beings, all beings, without any discrimination. That is what we call metta, loving friendliness. Metta, when we practice metta, loving friendliness, the Buddha has taught us to extend metta two ways, two different ways. One is called immeasurable metta, immeasurable, uh, appamanya, appamana. Immeasurable means you to generate metta, generate love and friendliness, and then you to suffuse with all beings in different directions. Immeasurable metta, you are extending metta to all beings in your front directions, the back, right, left, above, below all over the world. That is what, that is called immeasurable metta, immeasurable love and friendliness. And the second method is that you, that is called exalted metta, exalted, great going, like greatly. 
starting from you, you are extending metta to the people in this main hall, this meditation hall, then all the beings in this monastery, in this uh, state, country, world, the whole universe. That is called exalted metta. Mahagata metta. So that is how we have to uh, how we have to keep a positive and friendly attitudes. When we have metta, we can develop karuna, compassion also. Metta, love and friendliness and compassion are two different things. To extend metta, you don't want to see beings. You can simply extend your metta to all beings in the world. But to develop karuna, to extend karuna, it is necessary to see the object. Say for instance, when you see some, someone or someone is in trouble, then you develop your karuna, your compassion, your kindness. Kindness arises there. If you are, suppose you are, while you, while you are watching TV, you see some, some children are suffering somewhere in the world. Yeah, you have metta, you have karuna, you have compassion, then you want to support them. You perhaps send some money to them, support different ways. That is your karuna, compassion. Then, then, at the, if you have metta and karuna, it is easy to you to develop your appreciative joy. That is called mudita. Appreciate. You appreciate others' happiness, others' success, others' prosperity. That is what is called mudita. Appreciative joy. And then equanimity. Equanimity is upekha. So these four are called sublime abodes. Four sublime abodes. Uh, Brahma Vihara. So if we have friendly attitudes, if we have positive attitudes, we have these good qualities. That is how we have to develop our attitudes. As Buddhist attitudes, friendly attitudes, wise attitudes. Let's now understand our gratitudes. Gratitudes means thankfulness, indebtedness, gratefulness, appreciation. So this is the time, as this, this weekend is the Thanksgiving weekend, is the time to think of this, our gratitudes. Uh, we should be grateful to many. When we think of gratitude, uh, first of all, to whom should we pay our gratitude? As I think, first of all, we should be grateful to ourselves. We should appreciate ourselves. This body, these five aggregates, six senses, the exist, existence, this existence, see from the time of our birth, these six senses, how wonderful these six senses, 
This eyes, through these eyes we have seen lot of things. Such a wonderful thing in the world. Suppose we were born, we were born blind. We had no such opportunity to see this world, see our mom, see our dad. No such opportunity. If we were born deaf, no opportunity to listen to the Dhamma, listen to other wonderful things in the world. Like that. See how properly functioning this body, this machine. Have you ever seen any other machines like this? This is a wonderful machine. So we have to appreciate these senses. We have to we have to think like may I be well, happy and peaceful. May I be calm. May I be peaceful. Like that. We have to we have to generate love. Appreciate this. That is how we thank, how we how we become grateful to ourselves. Secondly, we have to be grateful to those who created this body. The creator. Secondly, we have to be thankful, grateful to the creator. Who is the creator? We have two creators. Creators are the parents. According to the Buddha, they are our real creators. In the time of the Buddha, people believed that they all were created by Brahma. The world was created by Brahma. In the Afghanya Sutta, the Genesis, there is a discourse, Genesis, Afghanya Sutta, where the Buddha said that uh, your parents are the creators. Brahma ti mata pitaro. Brahma. Brahma means mother and father. Brahma was the creator then. The Buddha said, Brahma is your mother and father. Brahma ti mata pitaro. So the parents are our creators. Creators of this form, not the mind. Our mind was not created by parents. Our feelings, perceptions, volitional formations, not created by parents. They are from previous birth. But this physicality was created by parents. Therefore, we have to be thankful, we have to be grateful to our parents. The Buddha has emphasized, Buddha has appreciated on many occasions uh, supporting parents. Buddha himself did this. His disciples themselves, they, them, they themselves did this. They appreciated parents. They, they uh, paid, their, paid their gratitudes to their parents. When we become thankful, grateful to our parents, as grateful sons and daughters, the Buddha said to uh, uh, 
to to help them to respect them and to pay gratitude by performing five things what are the five things first the buddha said as as a duty this is as a duty of our uh, as children it is one of our duties as a duty the buddha said first provide them four requisites what are the four requisites food and drinks uh, lodging clothing and medication try to provide them these four requisites that's the first thing second buddha said give them hand help them especially when they are feeble when they are old if they can't rise give hand to rise rise give hand to sleep whenever they want to take shower if they can't do put all these things support them in such a way that's the second thing third keep up their family tradition family name you know your family has a sort of good name that family name that tradition it is to be kept it is to be uh, kept properly by sons and daughters and the, the fourth buddha said whatever your parents have acquired they have earned when you share this with your, your siblings with your brothers and sisters distribute them share this equally without any quarrels dispute that itself is a way to respect your parents to pay gratitude to your parents and finally the buddha said when the when your parents passed away perform some good deeds meritorious deeds and share merit with your departed parents so in such a way these five things five things to be done to pay our gratitude to parents in the mangala sutta the blessing discourse the buddha said mata pitu upatthana etam uttamam mangala if one supports their parents that is a great blessing in the uh, discourse of uh vasala vasala sutta vasala is the uh, an outcast vasala means outcast buddha said if one is not supporting one's parents especially when they are feeble when they are old understand that he or she is a is an outcast is a low low person outcast and in the parabhava sutta parabhava means downfall buddha said if one is not supporting helping paying gratitude to parents that itself that itself is a way for him for his downfall parabhava so in such a way the buddha has uh, sort of appreciated supporting parents this way we have to understand the significance of support in our parents so when we whenever we 
study something whenever we want to understand buddhism whenever we want to understand our gratitude attitudes we always take the buddha as our our ideals our models or the or the disciples of the buddha buddha is the best example you know the buddha supported respected paid his gratitude to his parents his uh, relatives not only humans even animals trees buddha paid his gratitude according to buddhist literature uh, after his attainment of enlightenment buddha gazed at the tree looked at the tree for one one uh, week to respect that tree under which he attained enlightenment one year after his attainment of enlightenment the buddha went to his hometown to pay his gratitude to his father his uh, former wife his relatives on that occasion buddha taught the dhamma to his father then he became a stream mentor and once returned by that time and his former wife should uh, yasodara when she came and uh, she wanted to see she came and he she embraced the buddha's feet and cried bitterly to the letter to cry and finally the buddha taught her the dhamma and she herself then wanted to uh, enter the order the sasana and she entered the sasana and finally she herself attained enlightenment his son became an enlightened one his many relatives they entered the sasana because of buddha that is how the buddha paid his gratitude to his relatives to his mother maya after she passed away she was born in heaven tusita the buddha went there and taught him taught her dhamma to her foster mother on her on the day that she passed away she went to the buddha and respected the buddha when she went to uh, for her passing away buddha followed her for some extent to respect her mother foster mother to respect her the buddha followed her for some extent as a mark of respect that is how he paid his gratitude venerable sariputta the chief disciples of the buddha on the day that he passed away he wanted to go to his home and pay respect pay his gratitude to his mother so he went to that place and he passed away on the same room where he was born on that day he taught the dhamma to his mother and she became an became a stream winner stream enter 
Do you know this? Uh, uh, different monks, different disciples of the Buddha, many different disciples, they have helped parents. They have paid their gratitude to their parents. One day, there was a complaint. A monk came to the Buddha and said, Venerable Sir, there is one particular monk, he is going from house to house begging. You know, the monks go from house to house begging with their arms more. So this monk, he goes from house to house begging and he feeds his parents. So that was the complaint. Then the Buddha asked another monk to summon this particular monk. The monk came to the Buddha and now he was quite shivering and thinking of how, what happened if the Buddha said no to, no to him to do this. Who will take him, my parents today? As he was the only son. So when, she, when he came to the Buddha, Buddha asked, is that true that you are you are collecting food, you are going from house to house, begging, and you are feeding your parents? Is that true? Then uh, he said, Yes, Venerable Sir, I do that. It is true that I do. Because I am the only son, I am the only person to take care of this parent. Then the Buddha said, Sadhu, Sadhu, oh wonderful, excellent, excellent. This is how my disciples should Pay respect to parents. So like that, you know, we all have to think of this. We all have to pay our gratitude. We should be thankful to everybody, whoever, whoever has done anything to us, we have to be thankful. Teachers. Parents next are the teachers. We have to be thankful to our teachers. The Buddha, after his attainment of enlightenment, he wanted to find somebody, someone, to pay his gratitude at the teacher. He did a sort of survey in the whole universe, a person to find at the, as his teacher. Buddha found no one. No one in the whole universe for him to pay his gratitude as the teacher. Then what the Buddha did was, Buddha kept his Dhamma, Dhamma as the teacher. Just before his passing away, Venerable Ananda asked, uh, who will be the teacher after his passing away? Then the Buddha said, the Dhamma and Vinaya, the Dhamma and discipline that I taught will be the teacher after my passing away. So the Buddha, Buddha paid his gratitude to the Dhamma and Venerable uh, Sariputta and Moggallana, the chief disciples, two chief, chief disciples of the Buddha, when they were lay persons, uh, Upatissa and Polita, they, first they went to a teacher named Sanjay and one day venerable, uh, one day this uh, Upatissa 
while he was on the way he saw a monk that was venerable Asaji. Asaji was the fifth disciple of the five disciples. You know the first five disciples? Of the first five disciples, the youngest was uh, Asaji. Upatissa, who became Sariputta later. Upatissa saw this monk and after listening to him, he attained, he gained the first stage, stream entered. Then he went to meet his friend, Kodita. They both then wanted to go and see the Buddha. Before they go to see the Buddha, as a gratitude, to pay their gratitude, to be thankful to their teacher, Sanjay, they went to the teacher, Sanjay, and asked him whether he, is, uh, he also want to go and meet the Buddha. So that is how Venerable Sariputta and Moggallana paid their respect, paid their gratitude to their teacher. So in this manner, the Buddha and his disciples, they have paid their gratitude to teachers, parents, teachers and other beings. So this way, in this manner, we have to understand the significance of uh, paying our respect, to pay, in our, pay our gratitude to anyone who has done anything for us. So that is our gratitude, our attitudes and gratitudes. Now let's understand a little bit about meditation as the third part of the topic. Meditation, uh, according to this modern dictionaries, meditation means thinking over and over, thinking deeply, uh, silently, or with the aid of a sort of mantra, for a religious purpose or a spiritual purpose. That is the definition given in the dictionaries. But this is not the Buddhist de definition. You know, the the, when, when we think of meditation, there are many kinds of meditation, many types of meditation today. There are mantra meditation, tantra meditation, zen meditation, okay? there are business meditation, secret meditation, many types of meditation, many kinds of meditation. What is the purpose? Purpose of meditation. This, the purpose of this meditation is concentration, absorption or unification with God. But it doesn't ask, doesn't address the real problem. Through this meditation, it doesn't, it doesn't address the real problem. Problem, what is the real problem we have is existence. We exist. When we exist, what happens? There are two problems there. We have to face unsatisfactoriness, suffering. Suffering is the problem. And we want to live. But we can't live longer. That is another problem. Suffering and death. 
none of us want to die we want to live longer but we can't that's another problem so suffering and death this other problem this is what the buddha what what prince siddhartha saw as he was a contemplative prince he understood this two these two problems suffering he saw how people are suffering you know in in india in such a country you can see it easily how people suffer lot so buddha saw this and then he saw how people die so suffering and death these two problems are to be answered to be solved by mere concentration by mere absorption you cannot do that that is why we want something more you know this absorption meditation or concentration meditation they are this this meditation they practice even before the buddha in hinduism you know the brahmins different sages in india they practice all this and they develop their mind they develop different stages called jhana there are eight different jhana material jhana and immaterial jhana even prince siddhartha as a, as an ascetic he practiced he developed all these eight eventually he realized that it is not the way it doesn't answer the questions so then he wanted to find another way so that is how the buddha that is how prince siddhartha the ascetic siddhartha thought differently with with six years experiment finally he designed a very uh, he designed an unparalleled technique that is the buddhist meditation buddhist technique this technique is samatha and vipassana serenity and insight serenity and insight as bhante ji explained yesterday these two should go together these two are not two different meditations some people think that samatha and vipassana are two different meditations these are not two different meditation but we can say these are two levels of meditation two levels first one has to practice samatha concept uh, serenity tranquility this is not tranquilized meditation we buddhists don't tranquilize our mind or the body that is not tranquilizing but tranquility you have to let let it tranquil let, let it calm let calm let it comes to the calmness tranquility it is not it is not that something you are doing but you let it happen 
that is called tranquility you come to the state of tranquility when you practice you come to the state of calmness serenity that is samatha when you practice samatha then you can switch to insight vipassana vipassana means you see through there is penetration when you when you see through that is called vipassana vividena pasyati visheshena pasyati vividena pasyati you can see differently analyzing things visheshena pasyati you see see through especially visheshena especially visheshena pasyati what can you see it is said you can see thing, things as they are as they are if you see things as they are what can you see you can see only three things first you can see that things are ever changing constantly changing that is what is called impermanent things are impermanent anicca then you can see whatever you grasp it is unsatisfactory that is the second characteristic and then you can see that in this process of changing there is no unchanging thing to be grasped as a substance entity there is no entity but activity everything is nothing but an activity the whole universe is a vibration that is what you can understand so when you practice vipassana inside when you can when you Uh, develop your mind when you develop your wisdom you can see this you can understand these three characteristics together with that you can understand another two principles as i said for us we have two problems the one the, the first thing is unsatisfactoriness suffering ah where you can understand what suffering is you can understand suffering this unsatisfactoriness discomfort from this body not from outside it is within you can understand what suffering is that is what is called comprehension then you can understand the cause of it that cause is to be abandoned remove what is the cause cause is uh, craving then you can realize the cessation it is to be realized for that there is a path that is the noble eightfold path so this is what we call the four noble truths you can understand the four noble truths that is the answer for the questions 
That is the answer for the, for the question of suffering. We Buddhists talk not only suffering. Some people think that Buddhism is a pessimistic teaching. They all the time they talk about suffering, suffering, suffering. It is because of their, their sort of not knowing Buddhism. Sort of ignorant of Buddhism. They don't think we Buddhists, you know, we Buddhists not only talk of suffering, we talk of what is the cause of suffering and the cessation of suffering and its path, path for the cessation. So these are four facets, you know, four facets of suffering. That is what is called the four noble truths, which is the central teaching of the Buddha. The most important teaching of the Buddha. Without understanding these uh, four noble truths, no one can attain enlightenment. So when you understand these four noble truths and the three characteristics of existence, you can see these are interdependent. Things are interdependent. The whole universe is interdependent. That is called dependent origination. So three, three principles of the teaching of the Buddha. Four noble truths, dependent origination and the three characteristics of existence. With the understanding, with the realization of these three principles, you can come to the first stage of the holy life. That is what we call stream enter. You can become a stream enterer. You enter the stream then. Then your destination is clear. Destination is the attainment of enlightenment. When you come to the state of stream enterer, you yourself can understand that thereafter you will not be born in sansara longer. Only, maximum, seven times. Seven times only. Within seven lifetimes, you can attain enlightenment. You yourself can understand this. Then you yourself can understand that from that moment, you will not be born in hell. In any hell. There are different hells. Not only one permanent hell. Hell. There are many different hells and heavens. All those are impermanent. Once you go there, you have to come back. Whether it is hell or heaven. So, this time, when you enter the first stage, you can realize, you can understand that you will not be born in hells, not in animal realms, not in hungry ghost realms. So, this is, this is the opportunity you get. And then, when you practice further, you can get, you can get the second stage, which is called uh, once return. You return only one time thereafter. Then the third is non-return. When you come to the third stage, you will be born in pure abodes. Thereafter, you never come here. You can finish the transansaric journey over there. That is what it is called uh, non-returner. 
and finally the attainment of enlightenment when you attain enlightenment this is you you yourself can understand it when you complete the cut off 10 fetters there are 10 fetters through which we are which we are fettered which we are bound to sansara when you cut off these 10 fetters you yourself can understand that you have cut off all the fetters no more fetters no more clinging defilements you are released you are released means your mind is released from what from defilements cankers your mind is released then you can understand this mind is released it is released you can un- you you can say that it is released not i am released not me released there is no person to be called me i my or oh mine what is there is mind not mine but mind mind is to be released as long as our mind is fettered with defilements we are wandering in sansara so the only way the only way to cleanse this mind is meditation this is vipassana nothing but vipassana not through concentration not through absorption you cannot do that only through vipassana when you practice vipassana you can see these defilements and you can remove just like you press the delete button of the computer press it and you let you see how it's just you see it how it removes just observe it non judgmental observe when you observe you can understand that you remove your defilements so when you remove completely remove these defilements your mind is crystal clear is pristine pure mind for that mind if you direct your mind to your previous lives you can understand where you were for men if you want to understand many lifetimes you can do so if you want to see others mind you can do that if you want to listen to many different sounds far away sounds even the sounds of divine beings if you develop this different these are called different knowledges abhinya if you develop then you can understand these different things and you can see how beings are born to this world they die somewhere some in other planets they die and they come to this world and those being here they die and they are born in different realms you can see this so finally you can see all defilements removing cleanse mind so it is release that is how you understand vimuktasming vimuktamiti jnanam hoti when it is released you have knowledge of release vimuktasmin vimuktamiti jnanam hoti then you can understand from this time i have stopped my birth see the answer to the second question
you cannot stop your death. The questions, two questions, why if I said earlier, the two questions, we, two problems we have, suffering and death. Death, once we are born, we cannot stop them. It is impossible, unpredictable, inescapable. Once we are born, we have to die. You cannot stop your death, but you can stop your birth. Once you removed all defilements, all sort of glue in your mind, there's no place to cling to. That's what happens. Then, as your mind is clear, you are an enlightened one. You yourself understand that it is released and stop birth. The birth is stopped. Kina jati. Jati means birth. Kina is destroyed. I, dis- I have destroyed birth. Once you destroyed your birth, no death. If you have no death, no sorrow, no lamentation, no pain, no grief, no despair, nothing. Ah, that is why we want to stop birth, not death, but birth. The enlightened one stopped his birth. Kina jati. Vositang Brahmacharyam, then he can understand, I have lived this Brahmacharya. Brahmacharya means, I have developed this uh, Noble Eightfold Path. Noble Eightfold Path is the Brahmacharya. Vositang Brahmacharyam, Katang Karaniyam, whatever had to be done, is done, finished now. That is his real chosen, it is finished now. Katang Karaniyam, Naparang Ittattaya. I will not come again to be born. There is nothing to be done again. That is the end of the uh, of defilements and the attainment of enlightenment. From that time, he is an enlightened person. He is unattached. He lives in here with us, in this society, within us, but unattached. No repulsion, no attachment. He is living in this society until he wants to die. Once he dies, he is not born again because he has no attachment. This is the way. This is why we meditate. When we meditate, we have two purposes. We meditate to live peacefully, happily. That is the that is the first thing. We want to live peacefully, happily, and we want to attain liberation. This is why we Buddhists meditate. So, friends, let's understand the significance of our attitudes, gratitude, and meditation. Our attitudes should be friendly attitudes to all beings without any discrimination and positive attitude. Our gratitude, we have to pay our gratitude to our parents, to our teachers, to our friends, relatives and all beings. We have to pay our gratitude. That is to be indebted. So, let's understand the significance of this Dhamma. We today got together, we, we were here practicing as we all 
practice this days we listen to this uh, dhamma talk now by the power of all this merit may we all attain ultimate bliss of nibbana sadhu 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 thank you for listening to learn how you can support the teachers and dharma seed please visit dharmaseed.org/donate